From WNYC, this is Money Talking. I'm Charlie Herman. After the failure by Republicans to replace or repeal Obamacare, they've been moving quickly to score a win, and they're focusing on overhauling the nation's tax code by November. It is a lot to accomplish in a little amount of time. Even Trump's legislative director this week said it's an aggressive schedule. And that's just one of a list of things that the White House and Congress need to do in the next few weeks. And that includes several must-pass pieces of legislation, like funding the government and raising the debt ceiling. With me to review what's ahead and what's at stake are Catherine Rempel with The Washington Post and Rick Newman with Yahoo Finance. And let's just go through this list. Rick, first up is funding the government. The deadline is at the end of September. Where do things stand? Well, there uh, there are some uh, proposals uh, to get a budget passed. This would be novel because for the last several years, uh, Congress has not passed a budget. They've just passed these continuing resolutions. And I think the Republicans really need to show, because they have not shown it yet, that they can govern and get things done effectively. But this is probably going to be characterized by the same sort of infighting we saw with uh, health care bill, which is there are factions within the Republican Party. There are budget hawks, for example, who want to see big cutbacks in government spending, others who are more pragmatic and just want to get the budget. Uh, budget bill passed so they can move on to other things. So this is going to be the big challenge is unifying uh, the Republicans. And there seems to be a good chance they will not get any Democratic help on this, just as they did not get any Democratic help on the health care bill. Okay, Catherine, next up would be the debt ceiling. And that figures into spending and cutting spending. Uh, We're coming up again to another deadline. Where do negotiations look on that? And what are the consequences if this debt ceiling is not raised? The negotiations look very discouraging at this point, and the consequences are terrifying, literally terrifying. Like, do you remember how bad the financial crisis was? It was pretty oh, bad. Almost a decade ago, this would be a financial crisis that we can see coming quite clearly um, that would be global and would be quite bad for the United States as well as, as the rest of the world. And the reason why is that U.S. debt is basically considered the safest of safe assets. It's risk-free, right? And, and it's considered that because we always make good on our debt. Um, and if we don't raise the debt ceiling, which basically means we're not being able to pay uh, bills that we have already incurred, then that calls into question this this whole uh, scheme that the entire financial system relies on. Well, what are the issues that are preventing doing something which seems to be pretty obvious to do? Well, there's always some sort of conflict, you know, that there's some faction that says, no, I don't want, I won't vote for this. I know you have to do it, but I'm going to, I'm going to hold this hostage unless you defund Planned Parenthood. And they kind of hope that the other side will give in. But there's always another side to say, no, 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 we really need to do this. Come on, everybody act like grownups. This time around, there's a lot of infighting within the Republican Party. The Freedom Caucus, you know, has, has said on and off um, that they may want conditions attached to this bill. That's the group of conservative Republicans. Right, um, of whom the the current OMB director, Mick Mulvaney, was one, right? And so he is now in the Trump administration, and he had said while he was in Congress that he didn't think it would be such a big deal if we didn't raise the debt ceiling. And maybe that was posturing. We don't know. But, <laughs> one but, can only shake their head. I, yeah, but, but now he's in the Trump administration and has made similar comments, right? Trump himself has also said, or not recently, but during the campaign, he made some comments suggesting that it wouldn't be such a big deal if we renegotiated our debt, for so example. So we're, we're getting mixed si- signals, basically. Right. Well, you can predict the outcome. The outcome is going to be that they are going to raise the debt ceiling. There really is no alternative to that. And the question is, do we do that through a, a near crisis, an actual crisis, or do we just head off any crisis whatsoever ahead of time? Uh, my guess is they don't go right up to the deadline, which is what happened in 
in 2011, which was a nightmare uh, summer for the government. Um, but they get it done before it becomes an actual crisis. I, I will also add that you know that you're in trouble when you are rooting for the Goldman Sachs alumni in the administration to have more influence. That's the calmness and stability faction. Right. <laughs> So what is the relationship now, though, between the White House and Congress, considering it deteriorated so much and, and didn't go very well on repealing health care? It stinks. Yeah, I would say that it's it's been fraying steadily for a number of reasons, some of them because they're, of their frustration with these Russia distractions, quote-unquote distractions, you know, that that's getting in the way of, of getting their agenda through. And the White House has been publicly excoriating Congress, too, right, which can't endear him to them, including on, um, on health care, right? Like we were talking about the debt ceiling bill. I mean, one of the other reasons why I'm scared about what the conversations are like in the White House and how seriously they're considering this is that Mick Mulvaney last weekend, I believe it was on one of the Sunday shows, said uh, the Senate shouldn't vote, Congress shouldn't vote on anything else until they do health care, including the debt ceiling bill. He was asked specifically, including debt ceiling, he should do, they should do health care first. Why can't they get their act together? You know, which not only gives them a bad signal about the debt ceiling, but also must be pretty demoralizing for members of Congress who are, who are just sick of dealing with health care and want to move on. Really, the Republicans have to get through these two big hurdles. That's funding uh, the government that, and raising the debt ceiling. That's right. Um, then we move on to tax uh, cuts. It probably is not going to be what people call tax reform, which would be a big overhaul of the tax code. That's too complicated right now. Uh, it probably would be tax cuts. They're probably going to end up being more modest uh, than Trump has advertised, and then a lot of and then a lot of Republicans and business leaders uh, and people who would like to see their taxes go down would like them to be. But the Republicans either have to do this; they have to get some kind of tax cuts through, uh, probably by the end of this year or early next year, or the whole reason the Republican Party exists no longer matters because if the Republicans stand for anything, it is lowering taxes and reducing government spending, whether you do it by a lot or a little. That's what the whole Republican Party stands for. And if they can't do that, they lose their reason to exist. Well, it's not only that they have some major things that they have to do, but they also keep getting kind of sidetracked by other agenda items that are also not going to happen. For example, immigration. So there was this immigration plan that was unveiled this week that Trump uh, embraced. It's sort of a version of a plan that was already uh, released a few months ago. And it's probably not going to happen. Uh, to some extent, it's some red meat for the base. But to some extent, are they really going to, to pursue this uh, actively right now, this, this uh, plan to, to dramatically reduce immigration levels and change the way that the high-skilled immigration system works? You know, why are they getting uh, sidetracked? by these other major complicated issues when we already have enough major complicated issues that require their full attention. Catherine Rampell is an opinion writer with The Washington Post, and Rick Newman is a columnist with Yahoo Finance. Thank you both for joining. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks. And I'm Charlie Herman, and this is Money Talking from WNYC. WNYC.